0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Happy Thursday, Dr. Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank all right, you. All right. And uh, We're going to talk about, to start off with at least, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very domestic because we have to pay for all this intervention <laughs> yeah. over the seas. But, you, you know, they had a bill going through uh, the Senate and uh... they were wanting to send more money to taiwan you know because uh... Uh, we're not uh, antagonistic enough to China and China's yeah. going to invade pretty soon. So yeah. we have to. Uh, and I didn't say w- where they're going to invade. <laughs> so. But anyway, the, the theory is, is uh, ta- uh, China will in- invade and want to take over Taiwan. And there's lots of history behind that. And we've, we've sort of ducked that issue. We don't take a precise position. Uh, and on purpose, they call it strategic ambiguity. Boy, we're good at that. <laughs> you know. We're we're pretty pretty ambiguous on all this stuff but in, anyway uh, they had a bill there that, for 4.5 billion dollars and they wanted to help uh, Taiwan out you know get them some more weapons and and uh, give it a boost to the stocks of our weapons industry yeah uh, but it was delayed a little bit and it finally came up this week uh, before the uh, Foreign Policy Committee and uh, and they made a change and the change was Give them two billion more. You know things are getting hot. <laughs> yeah. we, we have it, and where are we going to get the money? Oh, we don't have to worry about yeah, that. We free. have a special, <clears throat> a special operation. You get power, you run the world. You have an empire. You have a gold standard, and then you teach people. Gold is old-fashioned. You don't need to follow that. Yeah. You can. You have control of the finan- the uh, international reserve currency, so that gives you a lot of more power financial. You can run the world. You can put on sanctions on people and get away with it. So, uh, this is this is a, a big big argument on this is uh, uh, along with the money to Taiwan and and playing this game. It really is antagonistic. There's no no doubt about it. They want to. Uh, Uh, I I think they want to do it on purpose. Uh, There's some people who would relish uh, a little bit of conflict over there. Their problem is is they don't know what a little bit of conflict uh, is going to lead to. So I personally believe it's very, very dangerous. And uh, in a minute, either you or I will give you a hint as to exactly the senator who has issued this warning how dangerous it
1: is. Well, let's put up that first clip, and this is by way of our good friends over at antiwar.com that we find this piece. Uh, this is from Defense News. Senate advances $6.5 billion Taiwan military aid bill. Uh, and you know, Dr. Paul, the, the parallels between this, our, our Taiwan-China policy and our Russia-Ukraine policy, the parallels are astounding. I mean, you could almost call this the actual Biden doctrine which is kind of a passive aggressive warmongering. You build, you fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian, and now we're looking to fight China down to the last Taiwanese. You know, It's basically build up the weapons in a neighbor country next to the country you don't like, that you want to overthrow, and then keep pumping in weapons and see what happens. And that's exactly what happens. And as you alluded to a second ago, they know what they're doing. Let's put up this quote. This is from our good friend, this senator from Utah. <laughs> uh, senator Mitt Romney voted in favor of the bill, and this is a bill that would give Taiwan $6.5 billion in military goodies. He voted in favor of the bill, but also recognized how it risks provoking China. Quote, we're doing something that's highly provocative and bellicose, <laughs> he said. <laughs>
0: oh. It is, isn't that just so typical? Yeah, yeah. You know, real real principles. Yeah. <laughs> ambiguity. Yeah. <laughs> so, But, uh, yes, yeah, so the threat of uh, sanctions are going to continue. They never ask uh, very many questions, except there were a couple, you know, in the committee of the vote was, what, 17 to 5 or five, de- rep- 5 voted against this nonsense. And there was only one Republican. Yeah, and, uh, we know who
1: that uh, is. Yeah, th- favorite I believe, senator.
0: <laughs> I believe that uh, I'm related in some way or another. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the Democrats, this sort of was a little bit of a hint of uh, the old left, uh, progressive left, standing up against it. So right now, it also shows that there was no pressure, or at least they didn't yield to pressure and uh, and vote for it like they've been doing lately because they have become so hawkish. But it was uh, they, they they voted uh, against this and. Uh, this is uh, trying to get together, you know, the progressives and libertarians and constitutionalists to, to try to take a position, at least think about it, you know, uh, and they barely think about it, you know, where where they get this authority. Uh, wh- wh- I wonder what, the, if you had them in a closed room where nobody were, was going to hear their answer, Wonder what I wonder what they say if you say, uh, you know, you, do you think that uh, you know locking people out of trade and putting on tariffs uh, Some people would consider that actually an act of war yeah. Wouldn't we if somebody did that to us if somebody blockaded our ports and we couldn't and we couldn't do business but no that question never seems to happen and and, and they it's just amazing they never really, concerned about the money they were a little bit concerned here they had the four point five in the bank they were ready to send it yeah so they were had them concerned. So they've upped it two billion know, dollars more. Yeah. So it goes on and on, and and uh, it, it looks like they uh, maybe maybe they think that the, the war in Ukraine isn't hot enough, and maybe Perfect. it'll wind on. There are some Americans getting tired of it. So we have to have another one ready to go yeah, and, yeah. and keep the activity going. But it does not help our national security. It does not help our our economic security. It doesn't help really anybody long term if there's any help to anybody short term and it's the people who are making profits over it.
1: Well I think we should change the name of the Ron Paul Institute to Taiwan (laughs) because then maybe they'll mistakenly give us two billion (laughs) dollars. Yeah we won't have to be we won't have to be begging constantly. The other change in this bill is um, essentially naming Taiwan a quote major non-NATO ally and it's kind of a funny play on words. I think you remarked upon the childishness of this—it um, says that without saying it—they're not, but we're going to treat them as a major, major non-NATO ally. Um, again, it's—it's it's kind of pulling away a few layers of the strategic ambiguity of whether we would go to war with with China over Taiwan. The fact of the matter is, we won't and we can't because we'd lose and we know it. But we still like to push it and you know, just basically to slap China in the face. Constantly. You know, but
0: In a way, the fact that they uh, did that means that, uh, you, you know, they they were thinking that if they use that word, that they would antagonize China more. So it sort of <coughs> softens the whole yeah, thing, yeah. which is pretty much of a joke. But, uh, you know, uh, in diplomacy, if that's what you call it, I, I'm not sure that I, I apply that to the shenanigans that go on uh, when our, Uh, our bureaucrats talk to their bureaucrats.
1: And the reality is this is, it's a joke to everyone, but it's not a joke to the military industrial complex because this is basically more corporate welfare. And as you point out, there were some progressives that voted no, and that's encouraging, including Senator Markey, who you worked with when he was in the House. That's good to know. And it would be nice to have more progressives understand that our China policy as well as our Russia policy are simply... uh, are simply a a part of the corporatist mentality where we're propping up certain companies and certain industries um, by fomenting war. One of the things that struck me in the China bill is, again, projectionism. Our foreign policy, we project onto others that which we do ourselves. And this is from the anti-war article. One of the biggest changes in our policy toward China would be requiring sanctions if China, quote, is knowingly engaged in a significant escalation in aggression, oh. which is what we do every single day. Right? Every many, day. How many countries? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh you, what is likely to happen with the progressives, they're going to come alive and they're going to be more active and they'll be acting more like they did in the first decade of this century. <clears throat> that is when it's a Republican foreign policy. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, if if the Republicans get in and they may not uh, get get the control that they want and you really need the republican president but if you have a republican president and a republican house and senate believe me the progressives will all of a sudden say you guys are fighting too many wars we have to save money which we will welcome them because they're saying things that that uh you know are helpful even though we don't uh, really praise you uh for your principles
1: yeah exactly well the other thing that happened and this is again from antiwar.com and we can put up that next clip is this is is how it works in in Washington, Dr. Paul, as you know very, very well. We give aid money to these countries. These countries use some of that money to hire high-priced PR firms to propagandize and lobby lawmakers for more money. Around and around we go. So here's what we have. This is from Reuters. Taiwan hosts dozens of foreign lawmakers in Washington to push China sanctions. We gave them the money to have a big party uh, over there at their mansion in Washington, D.C. And put on the next clip, it's from the anti war article. The meeting was attended by two representatives from Ukraine who were welcomed by the representative from Taiwan. We certainly hope that as the international community stands with Ukraine, the international community will also stand with Taiwan. This is what she told the gathering, the Taiwan representative in DC so they are clearly making the parallels they think it's a good idea that we're fighting Russia through Ukraine and the Taiwanese they may feel different when it actually happens because they're going to be the ones doing the bleeding and dying uh, literally literally for nothing
0: yeah but you know uh, this is a big event uh, I've not seen it I'm sure they do that They gathering imagine there's a little bit of partying partying that goes on and they <laughs> might have a drink or two yeah. but they get the group together and they start uh, they're working on their strategy but you know they they do they they do that uh, at our expense you know we're paying you yeah. know indirectly we're paying for all this even if, if the the uh, uh, even if it comes directly from the government and the taxes or you know from the uh, military industrial complex that we we literally pay for this and i keep thinking about there are technicalities in our law you know about foreigners uh being engaged in our politics so if a foreigner uh had sent me money when i was in congress or something it it would be a serious thing, yeah. you know, but but this seems like to be even messier, <laughs> you yeah. know, because it, it because it's accepted as decent policy, shrewdness to get together, and the strategy is is bring six or eight or ten. That's a sign of strength. That will all be helpful to our national security, and and yet on principle, it's probably very ugly.
1: Yeah, well, the the thing is, if we <coughs> back out a little bit and look at things in the proper context. What is happening as the U.S. is doing this is is rattling sabers at China, is rattling sabers at Russia. Let's look at the next clip and we'll see what literally is taking place today. The Shanghai Cooperation Organization, uh, uh, President Putin and Xi Jinping are meeting in Uzbekistan. And here's what President Putin said. Russia highly appreciates China's balanced position on Ukraine. Russia firmly adheres to the one China principle and condemns U.S. provocations in Taiwan and attempts to create unipolar world have taken on an absolutely ugly shape, is what he said. So, basically, U.S. policy, again, is shooting ourselves in the head. Rather than finding a way to accommodate and to work together with China and Russia, we're actually pushing the two of them into an alliance against the United States. And the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which you and I both have followed closely since its founding many years ago when you were still in office, is becoming a serious, serious counterbalance to this kind of dying Western unipolar world.
0: You know, the, the, the they, they uh, aren't really interested in peace and uh, prosperity. I don't think that's on top of the list. I think there's an organization that is designed for this whole purpose, and that is uh, what we do is try to promote peace, believing they're good good things to be for, and everybody's going to be for it. Uh, but the truth is, is th- their goal that's peace and prosperity? Two P's. Well, there's another P that says power. Yeah. I think that is what is the driving force. And the the conservatives will argue with me and they'll say, Yes, but you can't do anything if you're weak. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be strong and power is necessary. And if you have to gain it, you know, by running an empire, uh, you you know, you do it that way. If you have to have control of the monetary system, you have to do it. But uh, they will soon find out. And there's a little bit of information out already that it doesn't last for longer. And there's cracks in the seams of of the empire and the financial system.
1: Yeah. Indeed. Well, we're going to move on to our second and final segment, and this is kind of a n- nice little nostalgia story. It involves our favorite senator, um, who once again had our least favorite member of the medical community on the hot seat. And that is, again, Senator Paul was grilling Fauci yesterday, grilling him brutally. And Fauci, I have to say, he's kind of lost some of that cockiness that he had before. He kind of looked like a deer in the headlights. And we won't play the whole clip, we're just gonna play Senator Paul's part. But when Fauci did respond, he basically was saying, uh, what are you talking about? I didn't, it wasn't my fault, all this stuff that happened. (laughs) It was a bunch of other people that did it. So it was kind of funny to see the change tune, but let's listen to Senator Paul questioning Fauci about natural immunity. Immunology.
0: Any of the guidelines for vaccines, do any of the guidelines for vaccines from the government include previous infection, as something to base your decision making on with vaccines. Do any of the guidelines involve previous infection? That's why you're ignoring previous infection, because it doesn't involve any of the guidelines. And furthermore, We've been asking you and you refuse to answer whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time and what was your response? We don't have to tell you, right. We've demanded them through Freedom of Information Act. And what have you said? We're not going to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're going to change the rules and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies. And if anybody in the committee has a conflict of interest, we're going to learn about it. I promise you that.
1: Uh, Mr. Chair (laughs) that look classic but that was I mean that was great and I think it's a great warning I think that's why Fauci is trying to hightail it out of DC as fast as he can with his pension in his hand because as Senator Paul said we are gonna find out what's going on here if we take over the Senate
0: I bet Fauci will be glad to be be out of there (laughs) if there is a major turnover so no that That's powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah. so. And he started this
1: segment by playing a video of Fauci from a few years ago telling someone, and we talked about this on the show, telling someone uh, he was asked a question about, well, hey, if I, um, if I had the flu, do I need to get a flu shot? And he said, no, you got natural immunity if oh, you had yeah, the flu. Oh, yeah, that is yeah. Senator Paul played that, and Fauci said, well, that was taken out of context, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and Senator Paul said, no, words are words, you know, these are the words he <clears> said. So it's a great segment. The only the only sad part about Fauci leaving is we won't be able to see him be grilled by Senator Paul anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it sure has been uh, yeah. a major major event. Uh, that whole mess there. <clears throat> But overall, it's policy, 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 whether it's monetary policy, economic policy, foreign policy or whatever, health policy. Yeah. Why are we so involved in all this? You know, I think it's great when Rand can get up there because, uh, you know, he's very capable. Yeah. And, and, and it's sort of sad. <clears throat> and this discussion has to be somebody. Who flip-flops, makes the most money of any bureaucrat ever on the whole issue that has been, you know, a settled issue in a sense that, at least for them, it's settled. Science has decided that. You're not allowed to deal with that if science has settled it. But they're the kingpins. Yeah. Fauci <clears throat> will have all the money he'll ever want, probably. <laughs> but uh, uh, he... he um, uh he he's going to find out that what he has said over the years has not settled anything yeah, and yeah. Uh, truth will come out
1: it will come out and hopefully soon <clears throat> well i'm going to thank our viewers for watching the show again uh we got another conference coming up lake jackson november 5th it's going to be a blast it's a different kind of conference it's a little shorter like our Houston conference i'm going to have tickets on sale later today um, for more information go to RonPaulInstitute.org sign up for updates a subscribe button is up there and subscribe to free updates from RPI uh... and we'll have a notice out later today about the tickets and we look forward to having another fun time
0: hmm. you know we talked a little bit during the program about <clears throat> who pays all these bills and these fancy, fancy uh, travel events and partying that goes on <clears throat> when the uh, arms and manufacturers get together with the politicians but uh... Uh, I see in this one article that it was very specific. Who paid? <coughs> got the people together. They organized. Taiwan did this, and they hosted uh, all the foreign law- lawmakers. And there were sixty of them. <laughs> sixty people came together. And I'm sure that if a, I, I'm sure that if a poor innocent citizen did anything, one hundredth of this, they probably would have been breaking a lot of laws. Sixty lawmakers from Europe, Asia, and Africa. Boy, I'll tell you why. We are scattered around the world, and it's the whole principle is that the people in this country and the people that end up in Washington are dead set on an empire and feel that at least they convince themselves, and others believe it, that that power is part of our security. That is our national security. Without that, you can't be a strong nation and quite frankly i think the opposite is true eventually when people get to today to the liberty report please come back soon